0: Hello, this is Derek Ray, and you're listening to Bavarian Podcast Works. Hello and welcome to yet another episode of Bavarian Podcast Works. Judging by the title of this one, P's get degrees. P's stands for passing. A lot of classes in the middle of this coronavirus for college students all across the country have been turned into pass-fails, including my own. And just this week, I finally finished my last semester of college as a senior. I am a graduate. And it's really weird to say that. I'm a graduate of Syracuse University. It's a lot of fun to talk about that. I would jump on a hype train, but if I were to choose any hype train, I would pick the Bayern Munich and Bundesliga hype train, because ladies and gentlemen, we're back. We're the first ones back. We... We'll be seeing Bayern Munich football again. We'll be seeing Bundesliga football again, which I think might be even more important because it's not just one club coming back. It's our full weekends of undivided attention devoted to German soccer like the days of old. It's a beautiful thing to see. It's lovely to see. It's almost as lovely as the... Timo train derailing and rolling really really far away into a river where it will explode and drown and stay there for the rest of time and that's the reason why Chuck Smith isn't here it's because he is the conductor of that train somewhere in the bottom of a lake but I am joined by Tom Adams. Tom how are you doing on week nine billion to infinity of quarantine?
1: I'm hanging in there. I'm trying to stay as sane as possible. Congrats again on the graduation. Uh, That's a very big milestone. I'm very happy for you. Real life is waiting to begin. Um, By stark contrast, I have not been passing anything. I've basically just been enjoying furloughed life, watching every Netflix and Amazon Prime show possible, um, and writing for BFW every day, which is like the one shred of normalcy for me that I've still had this whole time. So thanks everyone for supporting us continuously and Constantly checking us out, listening to our podcast, commenting on our stories, and et cetera, et cetera. And uh, at the very moment, I might be, I very well might be co conspiring with Chuck to pre order our Timo Werner Liverpool kits for next season. Wink, wink.
0: <laughs> yeah, I might have to hop in on one of those too. Um, I kind of like Liverpool. I'll take a Liverpool Timo Werner kit. And by the way, everybody that you know out here, this is the perfect time to start getting into. German soccer and as according to one side of the internet we are one of the top Bundesliga podcasts recommend us to as many people as you know please that would be phenomenal send it to your friends send it to your family send it to your friends who love sports send it to those that already follow the Bundesliga because I'd like to think that we're relatively non-biased when it comes to other Bundesliga teams we will root for other Bundesliga teams wink wink uh, Saarbrücken, wink wink, uh, any of the Zweite or the Dreiliga teams. We love all of German soccer. We are so glad that it is coming back, and we would love it if you helped us get our names out there. So, as I alluded to in the beginning, we will be talking about the return of the Bundesliga as well as the as well as the ongoing transfer saga with Timo Werner. We will also be talking about Leroy Sané and whether or not Bayern stepped in too early or whether or not Manchester City are complaining a little bit too much, for lack of a better word. Then we will talk about a new coaching hire and we will get to the one question we were asked from our segment Ask BPW coming in from Twitter. So let's start off with the best news possible right? The other day, uh, Angela Merkel told the DFB, the DFL, and the Bundesliga that competitions could start the second week of May. This weekend, I believe, would normally be either the last week of the Bundesliga, or at least the Pokal final weekend, if that's not the weekend of the 23rd, but timeline shifting doesn't matter at this point. Because the only thing that matters is that we have our football back. We have it back. Thank you to everybody in Germany on behalf of everyone around the world that watches this league for staying inside and social distancing and practicing all of those safe measures because some countries wink wink the united states haven't been able to do it as well as germany have you've set the example for the rest of the world same goes for korea who have their soccer and baseball leagues starting up very soon so tom how excited are you to finally have a reason to get up at 8 30 in the morning east coast time to start watching some soccer
1: I am very, very ecstatic. I finally get to live tweet matches again, which is something I have dearly, dearly missed during this whole quarantine period uh, from the coronavirus and not for nothing either, but we are going to be given a treat right off the bat. Literally the first match when we return to action is the Riviera Derby between Borussia Dortmund uh, and FC Schalke. So what a way to come back. Uh, basically, they're just picking up where we left off and going straight into match day 26. Um, and then a few match days after that, we have Der Klassiker, which is a huge, huge match for both sides. Obviously, we want to say it's huge for us because we currently have that four-point lead at the top of the table. Um, and depending on how our first two results go uh, for both us and Dortmund, that one could have massive, massive implications uh, as far as the, the title tilt. Um, Especially with a lot of these matches coming in a very, very short pace of time, or a short period of time, rather. You'll notice that if you look at the schedule, pretty much every team is going to be playing matches within anywhere from a three to a five day span. So, you know, there's a lot of moving parts here. But as you alluded to, uh, the DFL has done an excellent job being transparent, setting up their medical task force. Um, doing everything they can to put the preventative measures in place to ensure the health and safety of everyone involved uh, with putting on these matches. I believe on average it takes about 270-something, I believe they said, uh, to 300 people, including coaches, physios, emergency staff, uh, et cetera, et cetera, to put on a match, and they have the proper testing protocols, uh, sanitation protocols put in place on all of the grounds. And obviously, as we have covered earlier this week, all of the teams will be staying and hotels quarantine away from the other teams. And Bayern, I believe, are actually moving into their hotel either tomorrow, uh, Friday, or Saturday. Um, so, nonetheless, everything has been put into place. This can serve as a, serve as a blueprint uh, for some of the other leagues around the world once their respective governments give them the green light and say everything is safe to resume, obviously, with matches without fans. Um, obviously, they can kind of sit back and see how well this works out for the Bundesliga, but nonetheless... I think the Bundesliga is going to get a lot of the credit that it thoroughly deserves when otherwise it never would. I'm not going to go out there and name names, but I know that I've been vociferous in the past when other headlines from other countries try to cover the Bundesliga as if they have any sort of credibility with it. Um, And again, I'm not going to name names, but I know I shared in our Slack channel a couple of days ago uh, a headline from a certain tabloid that said, finally, a reason to be happy to watch Bayern Munich against a team like SC Freiburg. And to me, that kind of rubbed me the wrong way and did the the Bundesliga as a whole a disservice um, and kind of left a sour taste in my mouth. I think people that don't already need to be giving this league far more credit than they are because it's one of the best leagues in the world one of the most competitive especially now with the tight title race that's going on. We all know who's going to run away with the Premier League <clears throat> at the moment. So Manchester City. Oh, no, not even close. But yeah, so I mean, what a time to be involved in the Bundesliga and become a fan and you know, we wouldn't discriminate against anybody saying, "Oh, you know, you haven't followed this team in the Bundesliga from day 1, so, you know, you're just going to be a fair-weather fan." Everyone is welcome uh to this league and uh, I highly, highly encourage people to do so who aren't already there, and I just I can't wait for action to resume.
0: Match day 26 yet again, as we mentioned, starts Saturday, May 16th, and the match days really just come in really quickly. The next one for Bayern Munich after the Sunday matchup against Union Berlin is the next Friday against Eintracht Frankfurt. The next game after that, of course, falling on a Tuesday. Tom! we get to watch a Tuesday Dare classic.er How insane is that?
1: That is absolutely insane in the best way because normally uh, when when normal life is going on, I just have the worst FOMO during the Champions League matches because I'm at work and for a living I manage a gym. So on the East Coast, it's about 3 p.m. when all these games are kicking off and I just keep seeing the Slack uh, app on my phone vibrating and vibrating and it just makes the FOMO even worse and even worse. So the fact that I'm able to watch this on a Tuesday and perhaps have some beer during it is absolutely amazing. So expect a very, very energetic live tweet for that one.
0: So allow me to quickly run through the schedules for everybody so that you can... Write it down on your calendars. This is coming from the Bundesliga.com website uh, via Fox Sports. So, after the Sunday game, five days later. er, Yeah, five days later. Friday, May 22nd against Eintracht Frankfurt. Just a couple days later, that next Tuesday, Borussia Dortmund versus Bayern Munich at the Signale Duna Park. Then, three days after that, Fortuna Dusseldorf visits the Allianz Arena on Friday, the 29th. Then, Friday the fifth, they get a one week break. Bayern travels up north to the Bay Arena to Leverkusen. And then following that, we get another Friday game, June twelfth. Uh München Gladbach comes to the Allianz. Following that Bayern goes north to the Vesterstadion to take on uh Verde Bremen on another Tuesday game. And then a couple days after that, on Saturday, June 20th, Bayern versus Freiburg at the Allianz. And then, I believe, that following one, the final rescheduled weekend, okay? I'll say this. Barring anything else happening, the final weekend of the season will be Bayern Munich at Wolfsburg on Saturday, June 27th. So keeping this in mind, right, I didn't mention this in our pre-screening, Tom, but I think this was a good idea. Um, By June 27th, we don't know exactly which competitions are going to be back up and which uh, leagues are going to be back up, right? We already talk about France. France has completely canceled the rest of their Ligue 1 season, right? Does that carry over for the remaining teams in the Champions League? Does that carry over for PSG and Olympique Lyonnais? Uh, And then what about the other leagues? I guess could be another good question, right? We saw on there, like, a couple, two or three weeks, there were a lot of games being played really tightly together. We saw a couple of Tuesday games, right? And then, of course, The whole idea of potentially the Champions League coming in, right? They're talking about extending that until July, maybe August. So, if anything, this might be a reward for good behavior for Germany because it could be the case that Bayern Munich could play their final match against Wolfsburg on June 27th, and then the Champions League final doesn't come until the end of July. So... It's possible that Bayern could have a lot of time to rest and get match fit. Some players, like, I don't know, maybe Corentin Tolisso or Nicolas Sula. Tolisso we will talk about later. But that could be a possibility. This could benefit the Bundesliga teams that are remaining in the Champions League. Do you think that is going to be helpful to them, Tom?
1: Uh, 100%. Uh, part of the article that I wrote earlier today where we were taking a closer look at Bayern Munich's remaining nine Bundesliga matches, part of what we were talking about was momentum. You know, we all know the kind of momentum that we were in uh, before the coronavirus pandemic shut everything down. You know, we had won 10 of 11 matches in the league. Uh, We had advanced to the next round of the DFB Pokal, which I believe is now at the semifinals. Um, And we had obviously given Chelsea uh, a spanking in their own backyard at Stamford Bridge, winning 3-0 in that first leg tie uh, of the round of 16. And the real shame when everything happened was... It just absolutely killed that momentum. While we will have uh, Robert Lewandowski back for for the run-in, so to speak, you know, it's still, we would have been able to cope. You know, I think Hansi Flick has shown that he has the plans in place and he has the personnel to use and, and to tweak when, you know, some of our main guys aren't available, whether it's suspension, whether it's injury, uh, whatever it is. And I think we would have been fine going forward we obviously had that their uh, classicer looming large which would have happened anyways in the same well obviously a bit longer of an interval given the schedule had remained the same if nothing was shut down now we have these matches in quick succession uh, english weeks if you will where there's multiple matches within uh, a 7 day period but as you mentioned i think with the constant um, fixture congestion the fact that we're constantly training constantly playing well, it does increase uh, injury susceptibility because obviously the injury gods hate Bayern Munich with a with a dire passion. The continuity will be there, um, and the consistency will be there. The ebb and flow, if you will, um, and especially when some of the players from uh, like like PSG have a track record, you know, on Neymar's birthday, two days before a game, going out to uh, a party, spending millions of dollars, and you know, not going home until 3 a.m. You know, how much do you trust them to follow the necessary guidelines where they are, um, just looking at the two different ends of the the spectrum as far as the Bundesliga and league 1, as you mentioned, and the other teams that are still left in the Champions League, I feel like it just has to benefit Bayern if they have that freshness and that match fitness and, and that match sharpness ahead of everyone else. I know the Premier League is, is very eagerly awaiting the green light. They're trying to get a plan in place for when they can resume because um, I think Pretty much unanimously, all of the clubs have voted that they want to finish this season, uh, regardless of how it affects the next season, 2020-2021. So I think that they're going to keep a close eye on on, on on us, on the Bundesliga, to see how it goes, how it works, take notes. Um, but again, it's definitely going to, to benefit us uh, in the long run, I think, especially over uh, the French teams that are, that are left playing if we wind up drawing one of them, assuming that Lyon holds out uh, over juventus holds on to that one nil aggregate lead and obviously psg has already advanced so uh yeah it will be interesting to see what happens i mean uncertainty is a huge part of all of the decisions that are being made right now because this this whole thing is so new to us but nonetheless i have every bit of confidence that Bayern will be benefiting from the constant matches and they'll be ready for whatever puts whatever is put in front of them uh, respectively in the semis of the day after call uh, and the next round of the Champions League. Well, leg two against Chelsea, sorry. And then the next round of the Champions League, assuming we don't implode.
0: Uh, one thing that I want to ask before we move on, it's been floated as a possibility that the Bundesliga and a bunch of other of the leagues that are looking for a return will be considering allowing teams to get five substitution changes throughout the game in order to combat fatigue and the high volume of games that will be played eventually if we're thinking that maybe by early june maybe the champions league could be back depending on how all of the countries are doing of course uh do you think it's a good idea to have five substitutions in this time because i absolutely do
1: Yeah, absolutely. Just solely based off of the fixture congestion and the idea of preventing injuries, especially uh, muscular injuries that oftentimes happen uh, as a direct result of overuse and wear and tear. Not only that, but it kind of gives a more even playing field because that's not saying you have to use the substitutions because of fatigue and uh, preventative maintenance for injuries. You can also use them very tactically. So that gives everyone uh, an even playing field uh, in that respect. And I think it's something for some of the clubs on the lower end of the table to use against some of those uh, teams at the upper end of the, of the table uh, in that respect, as far as using them tactically.
0: So moving on to the next thing we have to talk about, it was reported at first by, I believe Bild and Christian Falk, that uh, Timo Werner would not be looking to make a move to Bayern Munich. So, uh, Chuck, if you're out there, don't worry. It's okay. Uh, we all still love you. Um, but Werner not wanting to come to Bayern Munich kind of makes sense in my mind because the way that I see him, he looks at the club and the two strongest positions that he plays, right? Second striker and striker. Both of them are occupied by people that will probably be at Bayern for at least two more years, right? And Timo Werner will cost a lot of money. He will be too good of a talent to be sitting on the bench for a long period of time just waiting for Robert Lewandowski or Thomas Müller to get injured or decide to step away. Um, I think it makes sense. I think that If I were Werner and I was in the similar situation, I would look to another club, despite how much I care about Bayern Munich and despite how much Timo Werner cares about wanting to go ahead and join Bayern Munich. It might just be the case of the time isn't right, right? By going to a club such as Liverpool, where they have more ability to swap in players, that they have more flexibility in terms of their roster and their lineup. They like to play a 4-3-3, and that that 4-3-3 can look like so many different things. And Tom, you kind of know this from experience. Their midfield at Liverpool is probably their weakest point, right? Because Genie Wijnaldum is very good, but then you look at Other positions behind him, right? Jordan Henderson turned a year older and therefore a year slower. He's still a good captain. Uh, Nabi Keita has not really fit into the system as well as they wanted. So if Jurgen Klopp made the decision to shift those three midfielders further up the pitch. You could have Timo Werner there in that center attacking midfielder role, almost like another number 10 behind Roberto Firmino. So to me, it makes sense. Tom, I know you would have benefited regardless of where he went, whether that was to Bayern Munich or to Liverpool, which is where it's assumed he is going to go. Do you think that he's going to fit in at Liverpool?
1: I do think he would fit in far better uh, with Jurgen Klopp's Liverpool, and that's not just... I mean, obviously there's dual bias here because I would want him at either club, but just from a a sole standpoint of not wanting to see that kind of talent be underused uh, or underplayed or undervalued wherever he winds up going next, I just do think that Liverpool is the better fit. Um, What you had mentioned about Liverpool's midfield also too... Uh, you know, Klopp loves that 4-3-3, and he does seem quite reluctant to change it unless he really has to based off the personnel that's av- available. Uh, Henderson, I actually believe, I think the reports were saying he was voted Premier League's Player of the Year for this season. But one thing that you kind of have alluded to, like he does, he, he never spends uh, a season without an injury. He gets muscular injuries quite a bit. He misses a decent amount of time, partially probably because he's such a workhorse and he always puts in a lot of miles uh, running around the pitch uh genie vinaldom it's 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 kind of crazy to think about his evolution because when we signed him from newcastle he was predominantly played as a more advanced left attacking mid and it's pretty funny i think back in 2015 or 2014 whatever it was he actually did quite a number against us uh, in the league at uh, st james's park in, in a match but you know i digress there's definitely room for flexibility for Timo Verna, you also even don't even know what the future is like for Sadio Mane. You know, he's kind of subtly alluded to the fact that he might be entertained by a potential offer from Real Madrid, um, whether it's this summer, next summer, next summer, whenever it's going to be. Obviously, the transfer markets are going to look quite a bit different after the coronavirus pandemic finally dies down. And I think everybody knows that. But I just think that, A, you have more room to be utilized at Liverpool as you mentioned, there's not a lot of space uh, for Werner at Bayern. You know, there's just, you're never going to displace Lewandowski if he is fully fit and available. And he's one of the players in the Bundesliga, he hardly gets hurt. You know, it's such a rarity for him to have such a long injury absence. Um, Then you have Kingsley Coman, Serge Gnabry, Ivan Perisic, if he's still there. Not to say that Werner would not displace him, but it's just a very, very compact situation. You have a guy like Thomas Muller, uh, who often plays as that CF or that secondary striker, if you will, or the CAM, whatever you want to call it, uh, just behind Lewandowski, as you mentioned, is another position that Timo Werner excels at. He just signed a new contract, so he's going to be there for another couple of years. So there's not as much room for Timo Werner in the squad at Bayern as there is for Liverpool, Uh, and I just think that Liverpool have been very transparent about their interest in Timo Werner for the better part of the past couple of months, Um, and I think he's pretty much made it clear that he wants a challenge abroad uh, and not within the Bundesliga. I think he's already proven himself in this league. I think he could go on to be one of the best strikers in the Bundesliga for the long term, if he did stay. Uh, but I do think he's ready for that for that next challenge, and I do think he dearly wants to work under Jurgen Klopp. So that's just what I envision happening whenever it does, whether it's this summer, next summer, or whenever it is. Meanwhile,
0: Bayern Munich have been looking towards another option in the attack that basically whittles it down to one of two, one being Kai Havertz, who most likely won't come to Bayern Munich this summer, At least in my opinion, I believe that he will not come to Bayern Munich this summer for a couple of reasons. Number one, his transfer fee is quite high. Number two, he would be looking to occupy and fight for a role that Thomas Müller has currently got his his lock on. He wouldn't want to fight really hard under Hansi, and Hansi, I imagine, wouldn't be the one to go ahead and promise Tomas that he has that position to lose and then go ahead and buy somebody like Havertz in this window. But meanwhile, Leroy Sané possibly has more of an incentive to come to Bayern Munich following the UEFA uh, Champions League and Europa League ban currently facing Manchester City. It was reported a couple days ago that Sané and Bayern Munich came to an agreement on a contract and that the team is hoping to get the transfer fee under 60 million euros. It was also reported that the club had already given Manchester City 40 million euros to to secure that move from happening. Manchester City has reportedly denied that this has happened, but to me, I think this move should have happened last summer uh, before Man City made the dumb decision to start Leroy Sané in the Community Shield match, and I think were it not for that injury, the deal would have gone through. So, I think this is just a situation that has taken an extra year to finish. I think it's the right move. Sane is pacey and he is perfect on that wing. He will bolster one of the weaker positions Byron has, and I put weaker in quotation marks because this Byron team has been so good this year, um, in terms of depth and being able to work different people in different positions. So Tom, very quickly, just give me your thoughts on Sané. I know that the last conversation you already had talked about what you like about him. Are you excited to potentially see him in a Byron kit? 100%
1: and I have to echo what you had just said about the Community Shield. Had that injury not happened um, in the first place, he probably would already be a Bayern Munich player and Man City probably would have been better for it because they probably would have gotten uh, a lot more money from us than they will wind up getting. I think part of what you're seeing from Manchester City right now, that report that came from AS, uh, the Spanish outlet, where they said they were insulted by the uh, reports that the five-year agreement had been reached basically the deal in principle and that the 40 million euro was the agreed upon mark. I think that's just more of them trying to show a bout of confidence that they think that they're going to successfully win their appeal uh, against UEFA. And personally, I just don't think that's going to happen. I think it might get pushed down the line, so to speak, because of everything that's going on with the pandemic. Uh, But I still think right now, it's just about getting those I should say the cherry on the cake, so to speak, as far as getting Leroy Sané to Bayern Munich. He's the perfect fit. He can play a position that we need more depth in, as you mentioned, in quotation marks. Uh, I think he's one of the the perfect types of players to play behind Lewandowski. Uh, I think he's one of the the players that's been the missing puzzle piece for continued success for Bayern, especially in the Champions League. Um, I personally think that when it's possible due to the current climate and current situation of what's going on with the transfer market. I think that this will happen. I think it'll be somewhere between 40 and €60 million. Euro. Everyone will be happy, and he will be a Byron player.
0: Now to our next bit of news, and we are going through this relatively quickly because we will have more in-depth conversations next week as we prepare for the league to be ramped up yet again. But one of the things that we will look forward to in the following season, in the 2020 to 2021 season, is that Hansi Flick will have a familiar face with him on the sideline that would be former Bayern Munich striker Miroslav Klosa. He has been working a lot as the manager of the youth academy sides for FC Bayern Munich, but now the striker who who worked with Hansi Flick as an assistant coach to striker relationship during the 2014 World Cup, will now come in as an assistant coach to the new manager that was just signed over the, uh, over the epidemic quarantine that we have all been going through. So, uh, as far as I'm aware, Klosa has been doing a pretty good job in the youth academies. i He's not becoming the manager. He's just becoming an assistant. I potentially see him as somebody that could be either a Germany or a Bayern Munich manager if he is uh, given the right mentorship, and I think that there's a good chance for that to happen under Hansi. Tom, uh, do you have similar feelings towards this? And if not, then go ahead and share them because we haven't disagreed on a lot.
1: 100%. I even think that uh, Klose's relationship – with Flick, it goes back to even as far back as the 2006 World Cup, if I recall correctly, which I think Flick was uh, an assistant uh, on on the German national team, uh, when, when Klose was on the team, as well as Euro 2008 uh, and 12 World Cup 2010, uh, et cetera, et cetera. And I have to go ahead and, and just quote um, our very own I Need No Name, who did the, the post on this on our website today when this news broke. Every fan will swoon at the idea of having Hansi Flick, Hermann Gerland, and Miroslav Kulosa on the sidelines the next season. I think that pretty much sums it up. I think it's going he's going to be the perfect addition uh, to the coaching staff. He's done a terrific job with the U-17s, uh, as you mentioned, at Bayern's Youth Academy. And it's already shown that, that both Hansi Flick and uh, Gerland are very, very good at integrating the younger players into the squad uh, and given Klosa's extensive work with the U-17s, I think this is going to help bridge that gap even better. Uh, on one hand, you'll have all of the, uh, the veteran players in the squad you know, leading by example and and uh, I guess showing the uh, the younger players the rope. And you'll also have guys like Hansi Flick, Herman Gerland, and Klosa doing the same thing. And I think that their track record shows that they have a very, very good sense of how to keep those players motivated and how to make the right decisions for them. Okay, should they be playing uh, with Bayern's reserves in the 2 Liga? Should they be going elsewhere? Should they be given time? You know, getting them to the first team when that time is right, uh, using Joshua Zericksy as an example. And I don't think there's anything wrong with this move. And I think that close is going to be the perfect addition to the coaching staff. And now I can't wait for next season.
0: And lastly, Tom, you mentioned that we had a question from Ask BPW. So feel free to go ahead and read that off.
1: Yes, we did. Um, and the question comes from at you play a what? Um, and they ask, does Quarantan Tolisso's injury hinder his transfer out of Bayern this summer and potentially being a blessing in disguise to help him get back into the team? And they just add that they would love to see him make it at Bayern. So, Jake, you can go ahead and start.
0: I'll just say this flat out. I love Quarantan Tolisso as a player. Period. End of story. I was really happy when he won the 2018 World Cup with France. I... Therefore, love him so much as a player that I want to see him succeed wherever he goes. Um, Whether that is with Bayern, sorry, whether that is with Bayern, whether that is with any other club, with including Inter Milan where he is supposedly linked. um, My hope right now and my only thing that I want is for Tolisso to get better so that he could help contributing to the team. In terms of it hurting his um, his transfer value, I don't think that's the case. I think the thing that might hurt his transfer value even more is that the coronavirus has kind of destroyed the market's inflation of transfer prices. Now, in that regard, is that going to hurt Bayern? I don't think so. But the other thing that I... Think is that if Bayern does pretty well in the Bundesliga and the Champions League and the DFB Pokal, I don't see why they would think to need to sell him. I think there are a lot of players on this team that Bayern would look at first to try to deal out, um, and I don't think Tolisso totally is one of them, because with some other players they are a little bit older, they don't exactly fit in with the first team anymore, but I think that there is some capacity that Quarantan Tolisso still has a lot to give for this first team. So I think he just hasn't found his place yet. He plays a position that has a lot of depth at Bayern Munich that some people, in my opinion, would incorrectly say we need more of. Uh, I don't think we need any more central midfielders. Um, so I th- I want totally so to stay at Bayern Munich. If he goes elsewhere, I think he would go elsewhere for more playing time, and I think that's great. Um, but I'm kind of sad that he got injured because I think with the constant rotation of players going in and out, this would have been a perfect time for him to really start to reclaim a spot in this first team again.
1: Yeah, w- 100% there. I think as far as the injury itself... Which is going to be sidelined for a couple of months, as far as that hindering his potential transfer out. I don't think it necessarily does. I think that the clubs that are interested him, in, interested in him, in him, excuse me, Inter Milan, namely, they know what he's about, they know what he's capable of, they know that he's uh, not unhappy with the limited minutes that he's getting at Bayern. So I think all of the interested parties in pursuing him would still want to pursue him uh, for the long term. I think. As far as being a blessing in disguise to help him get back into Bayern's team, just like for Nicolas Sula's case with the German national team, with the Euros being pushed back a year, um, obviously the Bundesliga is coming back, so he's not going to play a part in the rest of the remaining nine fixtures that we have. Maybe, actually no, he won't even be back for the Champions League or the April Call either, assuming that those happen by August. So it's an unfortunate blow for him, but I think best case scenario, he recovers... Uh, He gets back to full match fitness and he starts to get more minutes. Um, Potentially gets loaned off to another club this summer. I think we're going to see a lot more loan deals. As Jake mentioned, the the transfer window and the transfer market is going to be severely skewed because of the coronavirus pandemic. So I think a lot of clubs are going to be looking to do loan deals. It could be beneficial for him to go somewhere else. uh, Maybe Serie A, maybe back to League 1 uh, where he spent some time with uh, Lyon. But it remains to be seen. And worst case or best case scenario, I think he just uh, puts his head down, keeps doing his work, and winds up getting some minutes. We still have to see if uh, Tiago puts pen to paper on a new contract, and he's staying for another couple of seasons. Leon Goretzka, someone who's coming in to fruition under Hansi Flick. So there's a lot of moving parts, and as you mentioned, it's a very condensed, uh, packed midfield, especially with depth for Bayern. So it's a tough situation for the guy. You hate to see it happened to him, especially after the the cruciate ligament tear last season, but uh, I really hope it works out for him regardless of if it's at Bayern or someone else. I really do.
0: So yeah, that's going to be the end of this pretty quick, uh, almost like an update episode of Bavarian Podcast Works, but do not worry because our next episode is going to be an episode of Dare Ausblick, because yes, ladies and gentlemen, we have football to preview. We will be previewing the game against Union Berlin that is coming up next Saturday. Tom, next Saturday. I didn't stutter there. It wasn't a dream. I'm pinching myself. We are in reality. There will be football being played in just a couple of days so be sure to stay connected with us to pay attention to all of that follow us on twitter at Bavarian FB Works. Follow me on Twitter at Jefferson Fenner. Follow Tom on Twitter at Tommy Adam 71 and for the latest and greatest German soccer content, be sure to read us at bavarianfootballworks.com. Subscribe to us, rate us, download us. Please download us and tell your friends about us. We can be found on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify and anywhere else you get your quality audio content and we will see you when we have football to preview. I'll feed the same.